welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's going on, dude? How you doing today? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm just making sure we're hanging out. Auto tracking for the cameras. What's been going on? Um, a bunch of stuff. We had is it is there a white square? I can't see it. Oh yeah. It's tracking your beautiful face. It Don't is? you worry. Perfect. It's tracking um, mine. We're good to go. Yeah. I'm buying another chair, by the way. Are we recording down there? Sure are. Okay. I'm buying another chair because we've been doing a lot of interviews here. Yeah, with three people. And uh, it's not fun bringing in that chair from downstairs because then you look like you're literally a giant. That's and I've fine. gotten so many comments to say, I didn't know Mike was that big. I'm like, he's not. He's just on an elevator square. He's actually pretty small. Wow. <laughs> Pause. Yeah. Um, I'm big where it matters. Uh, for what's going on? Another busy week, per usual. For sure. We have recording this morning. Uh, and then tomorrow we have another business meeting. We do? Yeah, tomorrow. Business meeting tomorrow? Yeah, for the Bills game. Oh, that's not a business meeting. Well, you know what I mean. It's a hangout, bro. Sure. And then uh, with business partners. And then we have, uh, and then I got to drop off Colleen at the airport after the game. Right, where's she going? She's going to Ohio for Cincinnati, specifically. Uh, home base of the Bengals. The one and only Harambe. Rest in peace. Uh, the never forget, bro. Never forget. Pay respect. Um, she's going for a work conference, so yeah, it's a pretty big deal. But it's exciting. So she's doing that. Um, got to drop her off at the airport, and then she comes back on Wednesday. So I got to pick her up. Oh, that's cool. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, quick touch on today's weekly episode sponsors. Uh, we have High Peaks Imagery. High Peaks, thank you for your work that you do with small businesses. They take your marketing to another level with first-person drones. Um, if you want to reach out to High Peaks at highpeaksimagery.com, they can fly a drone through your business and then produce marketing material for you. Uh, they're also veteran-owned. High Peaks, thank you for your sponsorship. Queen City Creative Works makes branded merchandise. Uh, QueenCityCreativeWorks.com. Scroll down to the Shop Now button, and then you can buy coasters, water bottles, and bottle openers from Queen City, and they can ship it right to your door through USPS, uh, keeping the federal employees employed. So Queen City Creative Works, thank you for your continued uh, partnership, sponsorship, and friendship. Go to their website and pick up some stuff. Yes, and Addies, thank you for your logo. So, for today's useless fact to get us started going off the rails. Oh, yeah. Hopefully your battery's charged. Oh, yes. Uh, first one. There's a creature known as a tardigrade. Tardigrade? Tardigrade. I don't even know what that means. It has survived all five mass extinction events. What kind of creature is it? It can live in boiling water, solid ice, the intense radiation of space. It can survive a decade in a desert without a drop of water to drink or in the deepest trenches of the sea. It's like this little microism, microorganism thing. Um, first of all, question. I didn't know my ex was considered a tardigrade. Um, second, I want to meet the people that verified these aspects of the fact. So, like, what is a microorganism? It's small as hell, yeah. And if you zoom in on its face, it, like, smiles. 
Really? No, well, look at it. It's weird. Super weird. It's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight little feet hand things. So is things. it like a bug? Yeah, basically. It's 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 almost, I, I mean, it's got to be an insect, but it's deemed a creature. It's weird. Where did they find it? I don't know. So this is where it starts, people. Tar- Tardigrada? Tardigrade. Tardigrade. I an, just it's an animal. So it survived basically every single climate catastrophe that could ever exist. They're known as water bears or moss piglets. How big are they? Moss they are piglets? first described by the German pastor J. A. E. Goese in seventeen seventy three and Huge given the name Tardigrade, meaning slow stepper. Three years later by the Italian biologist Lazzaro here we go. Spallanzani. <laughs> Lazaro Spallanzali was like, yeah, it's a slow stepper. So the lifespan of these things is three to four months for some species, up to two years for other species, not counting their time in dormant states, except they can't go instinct. They found this out in 2021, November. Taragrades survived all five mass extinctions on Earth since the group evolved about half a billion billion years ago, <laughs> according to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Water bears could survive after humanity is long gone, researchers found. How do you care for them, Derek? They suck out juices from moss, algae, and lichen to feed. Put a bit of plant matter in once a month or replace the old stuff if it starts to turn moldy or decompose. So you can have these as a pet? Oh, yeah. Water bears also eat nematodes, little worm-shaped creatures, and rotifiers in tiny plankton. They pose no threat to humans at all. Uh, We have yet to identify a species that spread disease and... Let's see. They're 500 micrometers in length. They're about half a millimeter long on average, about the size of the period at the end of this sentence. In the light, you can actually see them with the naked eye in the right light. So where are they right now? They're also not completely bulletproof, as another fun fact. Um, I didn't think that they would be bulletproof. Are they a good pet? They make wonderful pets and can be found in your own backyard. What? So are they everywhere? Observe it under a microscope. If you're lucky, you might even see it lay some eggs while looking at it under the microscope. Dude, this thing's tiny, bro. Are they edible? Despite their reputation, they aren't entirely indestructible. They can't survive the trip through the human digestive tract since our stomach acid disintegrates the flesh of the Terran grade without much trouble. So that's what kills them as humans. So (laughs) eating one wouldn't do any harm. (laughs) Can they survive lava? Also known as water bears, hardly are hardly life forms that can survive extreme temperatures, from volcanic vents on the ocean floor to the frigid climates of Antarctica. So, yes and no. Um, so, this might be it. Of course, do they have genders? Of course somebody asked that. Yeah. There's both male this and female. This one identifies as he, them. Yeah, well, there's only two, so... So... What are they here for? They just exist, dude. 
They're considered aquatic because they need water around their bodies to permit gas exchange as well as to Ew. prevent uncontrollable desiccation. They can most easily Ew, be David. found <laughs> Ew, David. They can most easily be found living in a film of water on lichens and mosses as well as in sand dunes, soil sediments and leaf litter. Fascinating. Also, Earth naturally produces oil. So, like, what are these here for, though? Because I feel like every what do you mean here they just exist is here for a reason. I mean, are we going religious again? Because it didn't work out too well last time. <laughs> no, well, like bees are like honey bees are here for flowers or whatever you want to say. Well, they pollinate flowers. That's what I'm saying. So, what are these here for? What are they pollinating? They eat the moss. Do we have a moss problem here? No. Then what are they here for? <laughs> I don't know. They just probably exist. It's probably why they've been around for five extinctions. So they they originally came here, or they were originally found from Italy, right? Is that what? Is no, that, that biologer. Biologist? Sure. <laughs> biologer. He deemed them <laughs> slow steppers. Okay, so he's the one that classified them. As slow steppers. What is? I wonder what the process is for identifying something and being like, does this exist yet? Like, how do you? How does for this real? Italian dude be like? This has never been classified before. Let me classify it. Like, what is a directory for all this stuff? Do you just take a picture, or do you like go to your? There's got to be directories. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's got. I mean, it's it's. I equate it to the same. There's got to be a system in place that you can basically search and see if something like this has been discovered before. Very similar, similar to us trying to nail down and protect our business name. We had to search the directory of existing businesses to see if there was any existing business with the same name. Yeah, but we, in that situation, we would search something that we classify ourselves as and say, what else out there is like this? Yeah. In that situation, you don't even have a name for this thing yet. Mm -hmm. You have a type of bug, and you don't even know like what you would call that. And you have to search like a picture. Like it would be like somebody trying to catfish you, and you take their picture and you put it on Google and say, "Has this been found before?" That's really what they're doing. They must. I mean, there's got to be a system in place for microbiologists. Think though, like how much do you think is out there that hasn't been classified? Oh, yet? dude, don't even get me started on that. Think about the ocean alone. I feel like we always go to the ocean for every single episode, but it's fascinating to well, me. Well, it's because we don't know a damn thing about it. But like. So even think about like joggers, just jog, just jogger pants. Okay. When did we classify that as an actual clothing brand? Like we just classify things now. Yeah, because everything needs a title. It's annoying. But they're just pants. Why Correct. do we? Why do we have to classify pants as separate pants? It's got to be the suck. same. So like these, terragata or whatever you said. These things are probably a, a child of an actual bug, right? Like they have to be some in in a larger classification of. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they fall. Yeah, they're an animal. There you go. That's your large umbrella classification. I feel like that's a pretty large umbrella, though. So you need like, so it's humans, that would and then be we like, have you know right. That would be like clothing. So you need pants as a classification. But why I'm do we need joggers? Don't go down that road, Mike. Don't go down that road. We have humans, and then we have yeah. Don't answer that. Yeah, no, no. So. Why do we need like joggers as a classification of clothing? It's because the ankle's different. But why? Why does that matter though? Just say that they these are pants. It's just they're shorter. 
These are what it's, you wear in a flood. Because people asked what, <laughs> probably because people asked what are they called, so they had to come up with a name for them. Is that what we are though? We just we're a breed of people that just need a classification for everything. We need things explained. Yeah, we're the worst. <laughs> we're the worst. That's pretty much where we're at. We're the worst. When were jog? When was the classification of joggers like invented though? Go ahead and search that because we also have to talk about your week. Pretty uneventful week, honestly. Funny, <laughs> funny. You're so glad she doesn't when watch us anymore. <laughs> 1920s. The first pair of sweatpants was introduced in... Oh, that's... See, that's what I'm talking about. They're sweatpants. So when was a classification of joggers? When did they become a thing? 1968. Jogging was a little more familiar. In 1968, the Chicago Tribune profiled the brave breed of joggers starting to appear in America. Oh, that's like... That's the actual name of a a jogger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm jogging. Hmm. No. We want to know about the clothing line. 1997. There you go. That's when they were actually created. There you go. Now we know. The more you know. I just feel like they're so stupid. So what'd you do this week? Google joggers. And? I got married, but that's fine. <laughs> I've I've made the joke so much to her already that I can't wait to get divorced. Why? They have were funny for like the first three, and now she's like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> I don't know, because this is who I am. I don't take anything seriously. It was a great sermon. It was. It was. What are your thoughts you, on the overall day? What do you actually remember? Everything, everything. I took time to like relax and take things in. The only thing I will say that I wish I did a little bit more of was during our first dance, looking around at people, because I didn't do any of that. I was literally like talking to Gina the entire time. Yeah. During the first dance, because th- that is honestly. It was an amazing day. You you go to those days as a – and I've been playing with my ring a lot lately. So in some interviews, you'll probably see me playing with my ring. But you go into that day. When you go and you attend somebody else's wedding, you're a watcher. And you don't really appreciate the significance of the event until you are the one that is actually being married, in my opinion. Or at least that's been my experience. So going to the day – and actually living through it as the person that is the center of attention, which I absolutely hate. I hate being the center of attention, which is why I have a podcast that goes on the internet that people watch every day. It, it, it Going and being in that situation really highlights the significance of the day, and it kind of puts it into perspective of why we do it. But at the same time, it is basically like a theatrical reenactment of your wedding and like a part. Like it's a, it's a show for people. Yeah, it's, it's a, a show big of your life. Party. Yeah. Yeah. It's Which a party. to me, when you put it in that standpoint, it's like we could have done it in this podcast studio and I would have been happy. But it, it's everybody like everybody that loves you being around you the whole day and experiencing this next step with you that is significant. But overall, man, I I remember absolutely everything. It was it was very, very cool to go through, and I can't wait for my next one. I'm just I'm just kidding. Here are the big <laughs> things that stuck out for me on my wedding day. Seeing her for the first time, um, okay, okay, big things. First look, because obviously I remember in like the getting ready with the guys, photos with the guys, giving my dad his gift, like all that stuff was really cool. 
first look with Colleen. I remember that. I remember seeing her for the first time when it was the live, like, oh, she's really coming down the aisle. And when she first comes into sight, Mm -hmm. because she was hidden by the house for a little bit. She came down. Then I was like, okay, like, this is it. Then I lost my marbles. Um, Getting introduced to the reception, I'll never forget. Because that was the, it was literally like slow motion, and you walk onto the dance floor, and then you see every single guest yeah. just applauding for you. That was strange. Um, first dance, and from there it was pretty. I mean, my my party was, and like the reception was literally. We never left the dance floor. Mm-hmm. So, and yours was very similar, dude. I was exhausted. Oh yeah, but. Like, those were the big, like, when I reflect, those are the big ticket items that I actually remember. And the re- and I was stone sober the whole day. It was just like those, you know, right. they're, they're slightly elevated. What about you? So what was cool about our venue, <clears throat> every venue is different. They, they all have their pros and cons. What I really loved about our venue was the whole balcony aspect because at one point during the night, I was like, Gina, come with me. And we went upstairs. On top of the, the balcony, we just looked down at everybody having a good time for us. What did you see? Dude, it was it was really cool because it was, Where was- Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion150. Then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Balcony. Right up like... Above the stairs that we walked up for the intro? Yeah. Yeah, so it was when you walk up those stairs, then you come across, and it was like right in front, and it was so sick. So you're oh, staring I got it, down. They, they had the two stairs on either, or they had the two um, seat sections on either side of the actual like dance floor in the yeah. middle, and then they had the middle back. That, that's, that's where we were standing. Okay, at, yeah. gotcha. So and then we you were, were overlooking the whole thing. We were overlooking the whole thing. And okay. It was just it was wild to see that many people coming to celebrate you, because I don't, I don't like that. How many people were there? 168? 164 is what we invited. I think we had a couple no-shows, which is whatever. Stuff happens. So it was probably like around 160. So it wasn't a crazy big wedding. Dude, it seemed like there was more people. Right? Yeah. 160, huh? Yeah. Super spreader event for sure. No, but like we we got up there on the balcony and we just looked down and it was just kind of like a taking a, a breath of fresh air to say like this is it. This is literally what we've been together for. And next step is kids. Like, we're, we don't need to plan anything after this. Like, we're, this is it. This is the wedding. This is the big deal. So, that was kind of cool to do that. Yeah, because your honeymoon's already planned. Yeah, right. So, the other thing that kind of stuck out, same thing what you said. So, I'm not going to reiterate all those, but like, when she came down the aisle for the first time, when I saw her, because we did the first look for the first time, so we can go do some pictures and everything, 
honestly, what resonated with me during the pictures was our photographer. Our photographer was fantastic. And every single time that she took a picture, she was so excited that she took that picture. And she was just, oh, my God, that was so beautiful. And, like, to me, that was, like, really cool to hear. Because she's never done those photos before. Right. And she had a fun time. Mm -hmm. I've gone to so many weddings where it's just, like, this overweight dude with a camera. And he's just like, next. And it was just, like, very unengaging. And the vendors that if anybody here is getting married, everyone and, and their uncle will give you marriage advice. I can guarantee it. Oh, everyone yeah. says the same stuff. And I'm sorry for giving you more marriage advice, but I'm sure Mike can back me up on this. Is the vendors make your party. Your your photographer is going to have a good time. Your DJ sets the tone for the entire night. If you get some random DJ that just plays YMCA all night, no one's going to be on the dance floor. No one's going to have fun. And it's going to be boring. If you get a DJ that can adequately read the room and put songs out there that people will dance to, it changes the complete dynamic of the entire night. And one of the memorable parts was when that break dancer just got out there and just started ripping it. He was, okay. I'm like, what is going on here? He was the second DJ slash, like, well, no, he wasn't. He was essentially the second DJ that was in training. He's also a professional dancer. So... I, your DJ asked me to go all out and I'm like, whatever. Like I was going to anyways, but I'm like, if, cause he's also my DJ. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it's fine. I will literally die for Derek. <laughs> I will cramp. I will sweat. I will cramp. <laughs> I will do whatever it takes. And when we looked at each other, cause I helped set up the up lights mm-hmm. And because we had a couple minutes and I'm like, I'll just work because I, I literally I just want this day perfect for you. And otherwise, I'm just going to like randomly tell the groomsmen random things and like try to square everything away. I'm like, they're good. Like they can enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. I'll just go to work. So as he and I are doing the uplighting, um, he's like, yeah, dude, like do it. And I'm like, I, I know what you mean. Fine. <laughs> he played that song and I didn't know how to respond to it. I I couldn't I couldn't keep up with it. And that was me being vulnerable telling him I don't know what to do and I told him that. I'm on the dance floor trying to figure it out and I look over at him and I go I don't know what to do. Like what is this? Why are you doing this? I'm like I don't know what's going on. It's funny that you say that because everybody felt the same way. We're all on the dance floor and that song comes on and I'm like I don't even know how to dance to this. Yes, like this we're is so white. A, yeah. We're so white. So he then taps him he taps the other DJ, and it was because he didn't play it for any of us. He didn't care. He played it for him, and he goes, this is it. Like, this is the point that we're going to take it to a totally different level. Taps him on the shoulder, and the dude is a professional dancer that no one knew about. No one. So then he shows up, and then he looks at me, nods, and the circle was already formed, and I'm just like, what? I don't know what else to like. I don't know how else to respond to that. So I just go like this. I'm like, do your thing. <laughs> and the dude just breaks the whole thing down, keeps up with the beat. Jeff slightly turns it up. And then I look at Jeff and he's he's got one headphone on and he's just like bopping to it. And he's like, <laughs> just wait. Cause he knew the drop was coming because he knew the song. There was no there was no lyrics. Mm-hmm. And then it drops and then so did the dancer. And then now he's on his back and his feet are in the air and he's spinning around and everyone's like, what is going on? And then the whole floor 
the whole floor just got elevated yeah. and I'm like I don't I didn't eat enough I'm not hydrated <laughs> like I I'm gonna blow my pants out yeah. I'm like this is gonna be insane and then he went emo oh yeah and then when he went emo a couple people that were just trying to like catch their breath were like I I can't I can't yeah. now because yeah. he set it up where he went from in sync to bring like our age group back out because we took we took like half of a song off just mm-hmm. to just to drink water because we right. were smoked. Thank God they put water at the bar. Oh yeah. He played in sync, so then it's like then Colleen comes back on and like Gene is out there and I'm like this is insane. And then he puts that on, elevates the whole crowd, switches to emo, and then everybody that wasn't already on the floor comes out to the floor yeah. because now it's like some forty one. Fall Out Boy, Blink like all the yeah. Blink One Eighty Two, like all these different, and we're like, "What is going on?" And he asked me and Colleen. He goes, "I think it's an emo night," mm-hmm. and I go, "What?" And he goes, "I I'm gonna go emo. I think that's the move." And I said, "Dude, you do realize like that's Derek's favorite band. It's like Silverstein," and he didn't know that. And he goes, "Really?" And I'm like, "Emo's a good call," and he goes. I think emo's it. Yeah. I'm on it. And then he just turned around and then he like walked around the dance floor and they got back to his little DJ studio and he's just like, that's it. Flipped it to emo. And then that was it. The rest of the night was yeah. just no one left the floor. Which is, again, a, a testament to getting the right DJ. I strained my neck. <laughs> I went so hard. It, it, it wasn't a dance floor anymore. It was like a mosh pit. Like was everyone so was fun. like throwing each other. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this is, I was soaked. Yeah. I was so wet. Pause. Pause. <laughs> it was just, and then then he went ghetto and ratchet, and I'm like, this, then yeah. twerking happened. Then Gina happened. threw her back out. Yeah. And then you threw your back out. I went on stage. <laughs> <and> <laughs> I was twerking on stage. It was there's videos. It was wild. <sighs> and also too, because I am that type of person that really likes low key things. Having that after party after downstairs where. Music goes downstairs, but everybody hangs out, sits down, and drinks and eats food. Thank you for the like, pizza. That was so much fun. Thank you for the pizza. Absolutely, that was so much fun doing that. When did that end? One or twelve yeah, thirty? So it, it went. It was from eleven to one, and we stayed until probably like one one fifteen. My okay. cousins from out of town are insane. They they party so much because that's they're from Georgia. That's college football town. They party hard late too. So after the rehearsal dinner, they went out. I'm like, bro, I'm sleeping. So they went out after that, and then the actual wedding day, they stayed out until, like, right with us. So it was just, like, at the end of the night, it was a circle of all of us drinking whiskey and talking, like, family style, and it was so sick. Like, th- that is that is part of one of the memorable parts, too, was just that. And being able to hang out with people in a more low-key environment after celebrating that. It was, it was very surreal. The whole night was awesome. How was the day after? It was cool, but, like... And, and that is kind of the the other thing about the the whole night, or the whole situation was Gina and I have been living together for four years. So she's a teacher, also for everybody that doesn't know. So we didn't go on our honeymoon. So we we got married. We woke up in the hotel, and came home, and then it was Bill's game, and we just kind of got back into the same motions. Like there wasn't anything after the fact that was, oh, we're married now. It was just like I got this thing on my finger. You got an extra thing on your finger. And now we're contractually obligated for the rest of our life. And if one of us leaves, you get half my shit. So that's kind of where we're at. So if I was to do it all again, it would be the same exact thing just because of how we, like, how our jobs are set up. With the mini moon. With the mini moon, probably. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, 
she has to work, I have to work. So there was no way for us to do that. The only thing that would be different is if she ever got a job outside of teaching, then we can go on a honeymoon right after. But I'm fine with it because now we have something to look forward to in April. So that's kind of the cool part too. One of the, for those that don't know, my wife's a full-time wedding planner. And how how we split this up, and I gave the same advice to you, is the the man, just traditionally speaking, right? Because obviously it's 2022, about to be 2023, whatever the hell, so, you know, society changes, whatever. Traditionally speaking, the man decides to propose. When you make that decision, you buy the ring, right? You get over that hurdle of buying the ring, you do the research, you try to figure out a ring size, whatever. You propose you're engaged. Now you have two years to basically plan the upcoming four years Mm -hmm. is pretty much what that period looks like. And it's fascinating because how we split it, and I I tried to, uh, in general, I try to give the same advice, split the responsibility because it's so much. Mm -hmm. It's so much. You got planners, you got vendors, you have meetings, you're trying to pick out colors, you're trying to go through of like thinking everything through so it's airtight like and it's a huge day it's a massive expense then you're trying to work extra to pay for it like etc right so i always tell people split the responsibility from a planning perspective there is no way a man is going to have a leg up on the wedding itself Mm -hmm. because historically and traditionally the woman has been thinking about and planning that day since she was like seven years old. So don't even, like, what's the point? Let her do that. Input your opinion where needed. Focus on the honeymoon. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier for the man to plan the honeymoon and the female to plan the wedding because that's what she's been thinking about anyways. And for, for dudes, realistically, A, it's easier to plan a honeymoon than a wedding, and B, it's... you. Most times, men are more looking forward to the honeymoon anyways. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just an organic transition, and that's how we split it. I did the honeymoon, she did the wedding. That's how we were doing it. You guys basically did the same thing, and he did that advice, and it it does help. It really does help, especially when it's like you're getting close to the day of, and there's crunch time, and you have like those final three meetings leading up to the day. She's on edge. You're kind of on edge, but not as much because you're you're still focused mentally on yeah. the honeymoon because that's what you've put the last two years into. And with that, Colleen's had the foresight of since she was seven wanting to do Maine and then wanting some sort of mini moon. And I'm I just I struck the lottery because for us, after the day of us getting married, we woke up in Maine mm-hmm. and then we're at the house hanging out. And the tent's still up. There's trash in the yard. And you are you don't leave that space sure. mentally for like a couple days. And then it kind of comes to an end when the vendors come. They pick up their tables and chairs. They break the tent down. And you're just like, oh, like, okay, this is a transition. And then you, you decompress for three days mm-hmm. because you're still on vacation. You're not home. Mo- I mean, most to a lot of people, what they do is they'll go to like – Placid or Anirondacks or something else just to get just to escape, yeah. just to get away, and then like just fully embrace in the fact that like you're it, yeah. And then you have that conversation. All right, and it's most times an internal conversation of this is it, like you're it, yeah. like I. All right, the stuff that used to really bother me, I just accepted it now. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm checking the block. Like you're, 
you're going to come in the door and you're going to drop your bags. Yeah. You're going to come in the door, you're going to put your shit on the counter, and you're not going to clean it up, and then I'm going to come home from work and see it, and I'm just going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you just accept those onesie-twosies. Whereas if we have too much Lagavulin 16, we're going to snore. They've accepted that. They've accepted it's going to smell like peat. They've accepted that we're going to work an ungodly amount of hours. Like they're they're doing the same thing we are. It's just such an interesting transition when you mentally just, you check that block and you're like, (sighs) and then you still think. Did I make the right move? Mm-hmm. And now it's it is what it is. The thing is there, right. and you're like, I, I just I love her anyways. Yeah, exactly. And then you're trying to keep up on all the food that's left over. We have a lot of food left over. <laughs> like we had so like with our day, the cake was never distributed to people. And so did, we just had an entire cake. Did you ask why? Is it because it's only one tier, and they didn't think it was for everybody? We told them it's for the bridal party, so they should have. Distributed to the entire bridal party, but I think what they were oh. thinking was the bridal party will come up and grab some, which isn't the case. So they just never distributed it. So we have a full cake in our basement. You right still got now. some? Yeah, dude. Dude, I'm gonna keep eating. Dude, it, it was so good, it's wasn't it? Bomb. It's it's vanilla almond with cannoli filling. Dude, it was yeah with so like chocolate good. chips in there. I think so good. What was were those chocolate chips in yeah. there? Stephanie killed it. I need I need Hake's a little cakes. more of that yeah, before I leave today. Dude, oh my god. Put some on a plate. I'll house it. It was so freaking good. But yeah, it was it was a very surreal day. I'm so happy that I did it. I love that you did the balcony move. Yeah. I didn't know you did that. Yeah. I was twerking, but I'm glad you did that. Did that's It was before then. But yeah, we we had to go up there and just kind of view it because it was something that I wanted to do. It's all about taking mental pictures of the day. As cliche as that sounds cuz no, you got it yeah. from the office. It's just it's all about taking mental pictures of the day and that's one of the things that I wanted to do because of that balcony because you don't get that in many venues. So, I really wanted to do that and uh it turned out very well. Everybody seemed like they had a good time. I was super happy that the the wedding venue let me bring my own whiskey in because that was one of the things that you upgraded the gold package and you get bullet. And I'm like, that's not worth it. So um, I'm very happy that they were willing to have me bring in my own whiskey, even though it probably cut into their, like, I don't want to say profits because it didn't, but, like, their tips and everything like that, it probably cut into it. But it, it was really cool that I was able to bring in a lot of stuff. And everything went according to plan, at least from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Gina's, I think, was the same. I don't know about Julie, Gina's mom. I don't know if it went according to her plan, like if there was some hiccups. But dude, they were at so that happy. point, dude, it was, yeah, it was, it just doesn't, and doesn't even matter. Anymore. No wedding day is ever right. 100% perfect. Yeah. I had a bloody nose for Christ's sake, and I bled on my own groomsmen. <laughs> like, whatever. But yeah, it was a, it was a good time. I'm so happy for you guys. Yeah. That was so much fun. Yeah, it was a good time. And seeing you the next day was hilarious because I was oh, yeah. smoked. Everybody was smoked. Yeah. Everybody came and picked up their cars and they're like, I'm dying inside. <laughs> it was such a long day. The, the cool thing, too, about that is, like, once you start getting drinks flowing to people, they act a different way. So, like, I've seen a couple people that I know that as soon as they start getting drinks to them, they turn crazy. And that was cool, too, to, like, get to see different sides of people when you get them hammered in a controlled environment that they don't have to worry about getting home. But that's pretty sweet, too. Yeah. That was fun. It was a really good time. And now uh, next thing is kids, so we'll figure that out later. Yes. But, yeah, it was cool. I'm glad you, I'm glad you had fun. Dude, everybody had fun. 
Uh, we're at 34 minutes. You want to cut this bad boy short? Yeah, we'll go to episode we'll two. Go to episode two. So thank everybody for joining and listening to a recap of my wedding, but also the cool fun fact of this organism that has never been extinct and never will be extinct because those two definitely tie in together somehow. So thank you all for joining today. Appreciate it. Please remember to always drink your spots to be a person. And do not litter. We're out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.